Put your hands together. 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 is having an extremely good time. I, see, I hear some uh, very high-pitched noises from the audience. Thank you for your energy. Also, what happened here? What the fuck happened here? And thank you. That's amazing. I'm Cameron Esposito. Let's hear it from me. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, we got some awesome comics in back. Let's hear it for them. Who was screaming their head off? Who was that? You? It's okay, yeah. It's a How are you? Yes? Yes? Do you feel particularly happy to be here? I, I, yes. I, I actually, I, I'm, I come from Paris, so... You came from Paris? All the way to see you. To be here at this show? <laughs> now that is the kind of dedication I'm talking about. These fucking people could have come from down the street. <laughs> Thank you for coming from Paris to see me. That's, uh... Merci beaucoup. Je peux français un peu? Okay. How long are you in L.A.? Uh, just a week. Just a week. I was in Paris for a week. When? Last September. I had a fantastic time there. I... I had, I, <laughs> I think the first time I had gone to Paris, I was, um, I was in college and I was studying abroad in Rome and I think maybe I was an asshole at the time <laughs> because I went to Paris and I didn't feel affected by seeing any of the things, you know, like the, like I was just like, <laughs> like, I don't, I'm not, I this is also a time in my life where I was living in Europe and I had bought like a bunch of black turtlenecks from the Gap <laughs> because I was like surely this is it you know like this is surely what the, the thing is I bought a member there was a jazz club in this neighborhood in Rome that I went to a prayer community in look we all have a past um this like super old community in Rome and there was a prayer there was this super old neighborhood in Rome there was a prayer community also saying a super old neighborhood in Rome is what are, what does she mean by that <laughs> the whole place is like you actually can't dig everywhere like they they're like please don't build any b- new buildings cuz if you dig down it's like everything is a ruin like literally every layer is just a ruin so it's just there's a thousand there's a million civilizations on top of each other and then the the one that's uh the most on top, it, very beautiful people who are racist also. <laughs> Those are my people, the Italians, so I can say, I can call it like I see them. Um, anyway. Yeah, I went, I got, there was like this jazz club you could go to to listen to jazz if you bought a membership. It was not expensive, but my point is, I was just like, uh, these are my turtlenecks, this is my jazz membership. <laughs> To jazz, you know, like I just you're in col- you're in college. Like, what is what are what are what do adults? I think I bought a pack of cigarettes just to be like, and I have these. Is any of this doing it? What is it? What are the things? I don't even know how to smoke. Um, like, I still don't. Thank you, thank you, these people. Let's hear it for them. Anyway, so I went to Paris and I uh, walked around and was just like, I don't care about any of this. Then I went back this year at 37 and I thought that that was what the experience would be like. I went at night to see the Eiffel Tower just being like, I don't even care. Like, I think I went like the fifth or sixth day I was there. Just like, I guess I'll drive past, you know, like, and I, um, I got out of like the lift I had picked up and, uh, or maybe it was, I don't know, whatever. And, um, 
looked up, saw the Eiffel Tower, and actually fell into the street and almost died. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was beautiful. I was affected by it. I did have human emotions. as <laughs> what I learned later in life when I was less concerned about... You know what I mean? You know, you look at all the... I didn't buy any of the tiny Eiffel Tower keychains, and that was a mistake. I know. Yeah, of course. It's, I get it, you know. I know where Eiffel Tower keychains are made, you know what I mean? <laughs> the same place all of our keychains are made. Everybody, you know, it's just, there's just one keychain factory. It's not, there aren't many, you know. Anyway, um, how are the rest of you? Hello! <laughs> that person put in the most effort, so the least you could fucking do is clap your hands vigorously. Well, well, you know what I did over the weekend? I moved. I moved over the weekend. I moved to a new apartment. It's actually the first time I've ever moved in somewhere by myself. I didn't realize that because I've lived alone, but I've lived alone in situations where it was like some weird sublet or I lived in somewhere with like a girlfriend and then they left or etc. I've been living in the place that I lived in with my wife and um, that was... I didn't even realize how bad that is. Holy shit. I was living in a relationship pain museum and I did not know it. I was the docent and often the only visitor just walking around giving myself the audio tour. Here's where the paintings of us used to be. This dusty place is where the L Word DVDs were. Next room, keep up! And it's just, I'm only talking to myself, and it's sad, you know? Um, but I got, I got out of there, which is great. I moved into a new place, new energy there. Um, my dog, uh, there's a balcony at this place. My dog has never seen a balcony. My dog thought it was something to jump up on. And so the day I moved in, my dog almost committed accidental suicide. I, uh, he was caught standing on the edge of a balcony. So anyway, you know how sometimes people are like, animals are smart. Like not always, you know what I mean? Like he was like, I'll just, I just have to climb up on that couch. And like, no, it's a, no. Murph. Anyway, um, but my dog didn't die day one. That would have really fucked up the apartment. You know what I mean? Like, ah, new energy. You know, like that would have really been tough. Um, my dad, I, my dad came out to, what's happening? Every time I look over here, it's more people, but not that many more. Am I hallucinating? There weren't people there, right? Before, this was an empty area. And just a few... Okay, all right, great, great. Um, my dad came out. I asked my dad to come help me move. My dad is a, a very effective mover. <laughs> to the degree where it is almost too much. And I knew that going in. I knew I had made a deal with the devil. Um... My dad is 70, seven zero years old. He, this is the kind of energy he brought to the move. I went for a walk and he packed all of the cleaning supplies and paper towels that I had left out of my apartment to like do the final wipe down because he was just like, everything's gotta go. He literally, there was a bar of used soap in the shower that my dad packed and brought with us. I didn't realize it. I, I got to my new place and was like going through the, it's literally like soap out of the shower, like individual Cheerios, like all of like, you, you know what I mean? He was just like, come on. He's throwing it all over on his back. I have hired movers. He's like, keep up. He like, I just, the, the speed and vigor. I am somebody who has a hard time relaxing, and sometimes I just go like, how did I get this way? And then I spend four minutes with my dad, who's like, actually, I think I'm gonna just sit down for a second. Never mind! And his body propels him back up onto his feet. I just... He is... He's twice my age, and I... I went to the chiropractor while he went and picked up my laundry. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Oh, God. Anyway, he 
He was a sweetheart. It was, it was fun. I don't know why my dad is convinced that, I don't know. He's like getting older and I think he's still trying to like, you know, keep hold on to his masculinity. That's not the speed of moving thing. That's what he's always been bringing to the table. One time my older sister lost, locked herself out of her apartment and he climbed in a window in her apartment with a full suit on straight from court because he is a lawyer, stepped into yogurt and then went back to the rest of his day. Why was there yogurt in the sink? Well, is it in a container or is it a sink full of yogurt? That's, I'll leave that for you to decide. Like, number one, my sister could have just called a locksmith. Like, you don't even need to call my dad. But it's just that you know he'll... You know what I mean? It, does anyone have anybody like that in their life where you're just like, I could solve this problem or I could call the man who will th- sidle between... You know, like, it's he's outside on the railing. Murph jumps to him on a neighboring balcony that he's climbed up the outside of the building to be on. Like, it's just... I don't know. Anyway. Um, but yeah, he's trying to... I think he's trying to hold on to his masculinity and it's... It's like, God, to be a dude sometimes seems extremely challenging. (laughs) Couple of deeper chuckles. (laughs) I know there's going to be like also queer, queer women and non-binary folks here. Like I know, I know there's there's going to be those queer people here. You recognize that, right? That being a dude is extremely challenging. We all we're all agreed that that's true, right? Like, like I know, I know my life is challenging because like my rights are on the line all the time, you know. But I have, I can wear pants or a skirt. I'm not going to wear a skirt, but I, you know what I mean. There's, there's a little bit more breathing room in grade school. I can have best friends. Do you know what I'm saying? And I can have sleepovers. I can, I can tell people what my emotions are. I'm not good at it. I don't choose to do that. I was kind of cultured half male. I don't know. I'm in the middle of three girls, but my two siblings are the most, they're the straightest women of all time. I, my sister was a fucking actual living ballerina, you know? And I was just like, I, what I like to play with is sticks, you know? So I don't know. My dad was just like, this will be the sun, you know? And honestly, this is fucking true. My little sister is much younger than us. And when she was a child, she became obsessed with the 101 Dalmatians. And the movie, she loved it so much that she wore the costume. Uh, her Halloween costume was, 100, was a Dalmatian. Um, and she wore that for one full year and refused to eat unless the food was on the floor. So my, my parents did have uh, three girls, but it was kind of like they had a girl girl, a boy girl, and a dog, you know, and that's the American dream. Um, Anyway, God bless my dad doing all the moving. I took him out for dinner and um, he ordered whiskey. My dad has in the last couple of years, it's like He's losing his hair a little bit, so he started drinking whiskey. Does this make any sense? You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't drink whiskey. I've I've never seen it, but now he's just like, I'll have, what's your whiskey that you'd recommend? The person's just like, what? Like, that's so many things. And he's like, I'll take one of those. And then he's like, with a little bit of water, though. And then they bring the whiskey. He fully pours, like, his entire glass of water into it to top it up. Because he doesn't want to drink whiskey. You know, he doesn't actually want to drink that. I, there was a time in my life when I was a stand-up comic and I was trying to fucking make it. And this was, you know, this is like 10 years ago. There were no women that did this job. Sarah Silverman was on TV. That's it. And I was trying to make it in the boys club. I trained myself to drink whiskey over time. I'm like, I drank it with Diet Coke. Then I eliminated the Diet Coke. Then I would drink it on the rocks. And eventually I would just drink it neat and get up in the middle of the night to shit because you're not supposed to actually drink that. Like brown liquor, it wants to come out of your body. It doesn't want to be in there. But that's what I put myself. So I know when he's sitting there like, I'll have one of your whiskiest whiskeys. Like, I know (laughs) what he's doing to himself. I've just become gentler with myself in time. And so anyway, thank you, Dad, for coming out here to help me. And you don't even have to drink that whiskey. I will respect you 
even if you just get an iced tea. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Was that you, first person sitting over here? You are, look, you are the president of this audience. <laughs> You are keeping this audience together. I thought it, I honestly thought it was going to be Paris, but that person is, seems exhausted. They've flown all the way here. We can't put this all on them. It's you. You are the one. Audience, this is who you're looking to when you're trying to figure out how should I respond? Should I be quiet and listen while sort of smiling? No. I want woo. I want that. I want you to feel I want you to feel confident enough to sit alone. I want if no one's here yet, you go I will sit over here by myself because I control this entire part of the audience. And I don't want Cammie up there thinking that this part of the audience didn't show up. I could sit in front where there's a chair or I will sit over here and fucking helm this thing and be the engine driving this boat. And that's what I could use from the rest of you. I'll say, I'll say it. Because you've come into this show relaxed. Oh, it's the end of my work day. No. You are still on the job. Hey, I've been great. Are you ready for more show? Man, talented, friendly, and yelling. You feel heard and you felt you feel safe but you're and you're being yelled at and that's one thing that i do better than any comic working now this first comic is a friend of the show a friend of mine are you ready for your first comic please welcome to the stage george chen give it up hi 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 uh hi uh guys i went to china recently Thank you. There are a lot of woos there. It's true. Um. I was on the phone with my girlfriend back here, uh, and she was like, hey, can you bring me back a souvenir from China? And I was like, I think our entire apartment is from China. (laughs) We shop at Ikea, you guys. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) The Swedish house mafia, I like to call them. Did you hear that 1% of all the new wood in the world goes to Ikea? That's just the meatballs, you guys. <laughs> oh, that's such a hack bit. Okay. That's also what they call the meatballs. Hack bits. Okay. Um, hey, did you guys watch uh, Making of a Murderer Part 2 on Netflix? Anyone? Not me. Not this guy. Saw Part 1. Don't need 20 hours of that hillbilly, you guys. <laughs> I'm not on a plane to Australia. Who has the time? Also, like, didn't we all want to get out of jury duty as Americans? Isn't like something that united us? We don't want to adjudicate someone's guilt or innocence. We're paying Netflix for the privilege from our couch. Solve a cold case on your weekend. Is that for $9? Is that... I can't tell when I watch these things if I'm better at murdering someone or solving the mystery, you know? Do we all like that we just have podcasts and documentaries solving our murders for us now? As a society, that's something we decided we should outsource to the private sector. All our mystery solving. I don't like how commercial it is. I don't like how one day it's going to be like, well, I can't afford Hulu Plus. I don't know whether justice was served. Justice is not blind. It just has a paywall, you guys. Uh, uh, My uncle goes missing. I guess like Amazon Prime has to solve it for me now. Show's called the Amazon Prime Suspect. <laughs> it's a 30-day trial, you guys. <laughs> Thank you. Where's the president again? I didn't see. Um, uh, if you're ever accused of a murder, uh, hopefully you aren't. But if you are, I hope you can afford to get like a lawyer with an MFA from CalArts or something like that, you know? <laughs> Someone familiar with the works of Errol Morris at least knows how to get a hold of Philip Glass, get that violin soundtrack, make you sound more innocent. That's... Okay, I'm used to doing comedy exclusively for Philip Glass fans. Where are my glass holes at? Where are my my filibusters? All right. All right. Well, this is my usual John Cage set. 
four minutes of silence. Thank you. Okay. Oh, Steve Reich, clapping. Okay. Um, too deep. You dug it too deep of a hole. Trying to get out of it. Uh, uh, I don't like how one day it's going to be like, this public execution sponsored by Squarespace. <laughs> Which is ironic because the gas chamber is a cylinder. That's the best joke I have. Don't. <laughs> You're going to awe that. You get ready. Uh, Oh, did you guys see the Flat Earth documentary on Netflix? Yeah. Anyone see our major stockholder Netflix? Just me? Okay. Um, uh, flat Earth documentary called Behind the Curve. Very funny. Uh, if you don't know, there's a whole wave of people now that believe the Earth is flat, including like some NBA players, which is counterintuitive. But um, uh, here's a fun thing I learned from that documentary. The Venn diagram between the alt-right and the Flat Earth movement. A lot of overlap there, you guys. <laughs> It's like, you guys took that globalist thing too far. <laughs> also, you have to be really into Venn diagrams if you are a flat earther. <laughs> okay, I've been told I have too many shape jokes. I'm, I'm reeling it in. <laughs> uh, speaking of the alt-right, did you guys, did anyone here know what Antifa was before 2017? Okay, yeah. that, okay, one, okay, one or two people. Uh, maybe you know for the same reasons I knew. It's not usually a cool reason to know what Antifa is uh, before that time period, you guys. Uh, I listen to a lot of punk and metal. And if you don't speak Norwegian, sometimes you don't know how racist the metal is, you guys. <laughs> I usually can't even make out the logos. It's just like a bunch of sticks. Um, a bunch of spiders got smashed. But um, yeah, so I ha owned a record by... <laughs> uh, past tense. Owned a record by a band uh, that is a black metal band from France. And it turns out they're on this list that Antifa puts out. Uh, they put out a list of like bands that are associated with uh, white supremacy that you should avoid and boycott. And uh, my, my friend specifically told me to buy this band. He, he really screwed me on this one. I'm like, what's, n what's not racist metal? He's like, check out this. I'm like, okay, that's a mistake. Um, uh, but so I realize now I've gone down a weird hole in my life where like I'm getting my music criticism from like anti-hate speech groups, you know? Like it's, like, it's like basically Southern Poverty Law Center is my pitchfork, you know? <laughs> it's a bad hole to be in, guys. Um, I, uh, I just want to say that I've been supporting Jesse Smollett the whole time. Just so you know, like I've had his back the whole entire time. I, look, I know it's complicated. I know he's, he's made things harder for other people, but here's, here's where my empathy... It's a mental health issue, I'm sure. There's something going on mentally with him. Also... Uh, here's the thing about it. He uh, was a child actor, right? Justice Smollett was like on TGIF when he was like 12 years old. And uh, he recently turned 36. And that is a hard middle age for a child actor, you guys. When all this shit went down, he was 36 years old. Um, anyone here a child actor? Former? <laughs> Aspiring? Weird. Um... <laughs> Uh, people do a lot of weird things for attention in the show business world, so I think it's just a cry for attention. And, like, I did a lot of weird things when I turned 36. Like, I started doing open mic comedy, you guys. <laughs> in retrospect, I think that's what Jesse Smollett should have done. He just should have done that. If you need the attention that bad, just go to an open mic, you know? Because uh, also, you'll get a real uh, hate crime for sure at an open mic, you guys. <laughs> Someone's going to say something racist or homophobic or both, uh, for sure, at every open mic I've been to. Uh, and uh, also, like, he paid those guys, like, $3,000 to beat him up. Like, an open micer would do it for the credit, you know? <laughs> like, it says here, you worked with the guy from Fox. I'm like, yeah, I worked him over. Okay. Um, guys, uh, see you later. George! Is that real, president of the audience? Were you a child actor? Yeah. yeah. yeah? How, was, how was that? Well, do you want to tell us what you were on? Brag about it? You know what I mean? What? what? I'm from Colorado, and it was in, in Colorado. Oh, Colorado doesn't have... It wasn't in California, so it was just commercials about skiing. It's commercials about skiing? Yeah. <laughs> and banks. And banks? <laughs> And Frontier Towns? And Glade? I fucking know what Glade is. Come on. <laughs> I know what Glade is. <laughs> so you were a child commercial actor, yeah. specifically? No, I tried to be a child 
tried. I was. I got three callbacks for uh, Forrest Gump for young Forrest, but he didn't know. Hey, Jasmine got it. I could be way more fucked up. Yeah. You could have had a very long and prosperous career with a big break in the middle. Um. Come on, that was his very... Look, he's doing great now. It's okay to have a funny joke about Haley Joel Osment. He had a big break in the middle where he... I have to exp... When you were in a ski... Did you have to ski? No, I just wear ski boots. I could fucking do that. That's no problem. I thought for a second there was going to be... Well, congratulations on your storied career. Now I feel like we're going into the next topic. How are you doing? Great. Yeah? What did you do today? I slept. The whole entire day? A good amount. Then she told me to come to the comedy show. Here Number one, incre- incredible. How did, how did, can I ask you, and this is coming from someone who has a hard time, I would say even sleeping through the full night. How did you sleep most of the day? What is what does it take to really bring that? What time did you go to sleep? If you really had to tell me, what it what would it be? What would the hour you went to sleep be? Well, the, the thing is, I'm jet lagged from visiting Paris. Actually, what's happening? Does everyone agree this is the weirdest audience? Like, not totally into it. You know what I mean? Like, like sporadic laughter. A lot of stories. You know what I mean? Everybody came here to tell me something. I really feel like I need to talk. I'll go see a show. Do you understand that this is... It's a weird venue for that. I am interested in you. But you're getting a kinder comic than you would usually... Don't come into shows with this expectation. Oh, I'll get a chance to tell my child actor traveling to Paris story. That's why I'm coming. No, you need to go to therapy or create friendships and have dinner with them. This is the wrong... What do you know about stand-up? Are you... What's happened to make you think this is what will happen at the show? When did you get back from Paris? Were you on the same fucking flight? When did you get back from Paris? Uh, last Wednesday. I'm what? You No, you're not! I promise. I promise you that if anyone knows about your body, it's me. But here, I asked a question and I got a deflection to bond with the row behind you. What time did you go to bed last night? I passed out at like 2 p.m. It was weird. And then you slept until when? I think I woke up at like 7 a.m. and passed out again. And until when? <laughs> until like 6 to leave to come to the show. What? What are you describing? to work on my anxiety level I literally can it's I can sleep for six hours you know what I mean that's the amount of time you slept is divisible by that and would still create an anyway um I'm not angry with you I'm proud of you congratulations on what you know the choices that you're making that have led you to be somebody who doesn't sit up in the middle of the night and go, why? Why? And then just try, and then you have to watch The Sopranos for five hours. Anyway, I'm doing great. Um, and, uh, and so are you, the audience. Are you ready for more hilarious stand-up comedy? Okay. All right. You know what? This pal I haven't seen in a minute. We hugged backstage. Oh, it's so great to see you. It's so great to see you. And now I get to see them do stand-up comedy. You all might think that this show is for you. No. (laughs) This show is so that I can stand over there and evaluate my friends. (laughs) 
please welcome to the stage the hilarious Marilyn Rice Cup. Give it up for Marilyn. This week's episode of Put Your Hands Together is sponsored by StoryWorth. Everyone has a family member who tells the best stories. StoryWorth makes it easy and fun for your loved ones to share their stories with weekly email story prompts on questions you've never thought to ask. At the end of the year, you get those stories bound in a beautiful hardcover book. I actually love this idea. StoryWorth gave me a free story worth thing. <laughs> And I sent it to my mom. And I'm also going to, out of my own pocket, buy one for my dad for Father's Day. Because I gave it to my mom for Mother's Day, my dad for Father's Day. Then I'm going to get their stories bound up in a book that is sent to them so they can see it. And then eventually, maybe I will also read it. I don't know. It doesn't just have to be your mom, dad, parent, anybody in your family or friend or loved one that you'd like to get to know more. You can use StoryWorth to find out their full story. For $20 off, visit StoryWorth.com slash PYHT when you subscribe. That's StoryWorth.com slash PYHT. Keep it going for Mary Lynn. Roe versus Wade. Why do I know the right answer? I understand that, like, I understand that I understand the forces at work here. I understand that the religious right I, I get I get what but why do I know the right answer about Roe versus I was raised so fucking Catholic. The chances that I will need to ha- something terrible will have had to have happened for me or I don't not necessarily. That's not true. I could Okay, maybe no, because I know how. Bur- what I'm saying is, why do I know the right answer? Would anyone like to tell me why I know the right answer about how to feel about abortion? Would anyone like to tell me? What is it? Logic? Tell me. You tell. You're the one. Do you- why do I know the right answer? Do you know what I? When you do you know when you see. When Mike Pence says a dumb thing about this, do you ever go, why do I know the right answer on this? You see, anyway. Um, <laughs> for context, I have never touched a condom. <laughs> I realized this a couple years ago and I, try, and I asked my friends to describe a condom to me. <laughs> Because the only time I've ever been um, in a situation, it just hasn't come up. Like, since I've been queer, I haven't been around a penis. And then before I knew I, well, I was queer, but I, before I knew I was queer, I was around penises, but condoms weren't happening. Because those penises were, they were it, sort of in the wind. There was no, they weren't going anywhere that needed a condom. They were sort of, it was speed to, and the penis was in his pants, and so was my hand. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Are people still giving hand jobs in movie theaters? I this was a large part of my childhood. What happens right after? All the guys that it only took it took me to like my mid twenties to be like, what happened? Why? What happened with their pants? They all acted like this was fine and like the semen went somewhere. But I know now it went into their pants. And that they just continued to watch the movie and went home to their home, where their mom probably did their laundry. Because that's the... Don't say, oh, why are you shocked or, or grossed out? It's, but, but how? Anyway. Speed 2, I'm actually sorry I missed. Because when you see Speed, the first one, you know, Cedric, you know Speed, right? The bus, it has to go so fast or everyone's going to die. There's a bomb on the bus. When it was a really big success, and then they thought, but what can we do? You know what it is? In the second one, it's a cruise ship. Isn't that fun? It's fun. 
we don't do shit like that these days. It's like the second one has to be like more interesting. It's like Fleabag season two. You know what I mean? You're like, wow, that was an escalation of the premise. You know, you're like, this is so, but for speed two, they were just like, we don't want to do anything. It's just a different vehicle. <laughs> that's what we can think of. And what's bigger than a bus? Uh, cr- cruise ship? That's the writer's assistant, assistant that's at the back. I don't know why I think they're writing it as a group. No, they're writing it as a fucking group. Who am I kidding? There's not one screenwriter at home. Speed 2, you know. No, it's a fucking <laughs> committee of people that are just all tossing things out. What if the what if the cruise ship hits the land at the end of the movie? That's how the movie ends. Wait a minute. You actually know the plot of Speed 2? And we're giving a hand job during it. I was not invested in the hand job. The movie, I could fucking tell you more about it. Anyway, uh, are you ready for more show? Great. You know, this next comic, it is their first time on the show. Whenever it's somebody's first time, we welcome them with thunderous applause, especially this audience. Now, you've gotten great. You really liked that Speed 2 material. I would say for me, so far, that's been the crescendo. Um, I don't think I've ever said the phrase hand job on stage before, and I feel gross and uncomfortable, and I feel like some sort of, what am I? Some sort, do you know what I'm saying? What am I... Am I the dude comics I don't book on this show just coming out here with hand job material? Like those co- I we fucking pass. I will never use this mic as a dick and I promise that. And that is my promise to you. Esposito 2020. I will never use this mic is a dick, but um, I did say handjob. Now I've said it again, and um, and it's time to welcome this this first timer, and that's exciting. So you can use all this energy and really welcome the stage with your thunderous applause. That straight from Paris applause. Let's hear it for Brie Pruitt. Give it up. good so good to be here thank you guys for your thunderous applause you're very kind trying to look good for you huh got the crop top on it's not so much that i want to look good but i feel bloated and i want to make it your problem and that's how i feel i am i'm real thick at this point of my journey in la but i actually lost a lot of weight after i got here i've been here for two years lost a lot of weight mostly stress and poverty and not knowing where the biscuits are you know you gotta earn that knowledge it's called street smarts so, um, but you may notice I'm still pretty thick. I'm thick, thick like gravy, but I used to be thick like cold gravy, right? It's a little bit thicker, and that's two breakfast references right out the gate, so I think I'll be back, you know? Um, I, think I'll be, I think I'll get back to my fighting weight. Um, it's, it's crazy because beauty standards change all the time, right? That's why they make so much makeup. So if you don't like the way you look, you can paint another woman over you and live as that person. Happy Pride, I'm going as Liza. Um, Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy because it it didn't used to be real cute to be fat. Now it's like a little bit cuter. Um, It's more mainstream, you know. Like when I was a kid, it was rough. I didn't have anywhere to shop. When I was in middle school, I had to shop at Lane Bryant. You know that store? It's great if you're a substitute teacher, right? It's It's a lot of blazers, right? And sweater sets. And that's what I wore to middle school. That was my option. Go to class every day with my business casual, you know. (laughs) Then you miss a day of class, and the teacher's like, where's Brie? And all the kids are like, I think she's temping. I think she's in HR now. Very bad look. It's a lot better now, a lot better now. A lot more options, right? Uh, We go to Torrid now. Torrid is a store um, for fat, angry teenage goth girls. Um, And that's where I shop, and it's great. Um, It's got a hot deal. If you bring pants home from Torrid, though, you're going to notice that they're very distressed, right? They look like they've been drug behind a truck. And that's just what they do. I just have a tip, you know, if you design clothes for chubby teens, you want them to feel great about themselves, maybe don't design clothes that look as though they are bursting out of them. Like little baby She-Hulks, right? Like someone dissed a Tim Burton movie and she lost her mind, right? Rah! 
Alice in Wonderland was underrated. <laughs> Loved it. Uh, but it's uh, it's a good time, man. Uh, I am a woman, right? That's my that's my gender. We're talking. We're all talking about it. I'm a woman. Uh, I have preferred gender pronouns. They're she, her. I answer to she, her. I'll also answer to they, them. I got no problem with they, them, them, they, all day, right? And then I realized the other day at a Subway sandwich, I like a sir every once in a while, you know? It feels good. Made me feel so strong and important, you know? I, I tell you what happened. I walked up to that curvy glass and I brought too much authority. And the, when I was ordering my veggie delight, you know, and the kid was like, uh, green pepper, sir. And I was like, oh, I'm living my life right. Feels good. Empowering, you know, so much so I've been calling little girls, sir, to empower them, right? To work them up. Like, I saw my niece recently. I was like, listen, sir, we did not get the apple juice you requested. <laughs> Boss, please, we're working on it. Please, sir, if you'll just be flexible, Dora the Explorer will be on any mo- minute. Please, sir, please, watch that baby bloom in front of you, right? She'll be like, yeah, see that you do. We need these little bitches strong, powerful, presidential, right? Yeah, like elite Yelp reviewers, like entitled. That's what I want for the future. Um, in a similar vein, I've been calling old men queen whenever I get the chance because, yeah, because you can just do that. You can just plant a seed and not stick around to see what grows, you know, move along. Just go to the bank on a Saturday, hold the door, right? Have a nice day, queen, and walk away. Be responsible for transformations in your community. What a Christmas that guy's going to have with his kids, you know, his grandkids. Um, I'll tell you this story uh, about being misgendered. One time I was a child, I was 17 years old, and I was the same weight I am now, basically, but I had none of the sauce, right? None of the swagger. I was just a chubby cabbage patch doll. And I had a crush on a boy on the football team. And one day he was coming down the hall towards me and I was like, okay, today's the day. I'm going to say something. Here I go. He's coming down the hall and I was like, okay, get ready. Here I go. And he's coming down. And I go, hi, Cody. And he goes, hey, big guy. And he keeps walking. (laughs) You guys are in pain from that, right? 2001, that's hard to hear. Big guy, that's tough. That's tough. When you just want to be beautiful, that's really rough. Tough to hear. 2019, though. Close to fuck enough, right? I was probably doing some big guy shit at the time, you know? Right? Taking up a lot of space in the hallway, you know? Wearing a puffy vest of some kind, you know? It's just making it worse. Eating a Twix bar brazenly, aggressively, two at a time, right? Chomp, chomp, chomp. I don't got time for two bars, baby. Big guy coming through. What? What? Uh. <laughs> Taking a phone call on speaker, right? That's a big guy move, right? <laughs> ring, ring. Boop. You got Pruitt. Go. <laughs> Too slow. Bloop. Back on my hip, right? If I'm wearing... Yeah, a lot of love for the cell phone belt, apparently. <laughs> but truly, if I am wearing a cell phone belt, a cargo short, a fanny pack, big guy's good. That works good. Daddy's prepared. You know what I mean? That's my... That's how I feel. I feel good at that. Um, I am also a heterosexual woman, which is fine. It's just the way things shook out this time, you know? But I'm, uh, I'm always, I'm, I'm very open-minded. I've always had queer friends. Like my, my, and this I will say is not a joke, but uh, happy pride. My queer friends give me life and everything else is trash. So good. It's, it's very important. But they, they, my queer friends in 2019 talked to me, a heterosexual woman, the way I think most people speak to like an alcoholic or a cutter, right? Where they're like... Um, <laughs> Listen, we love you, okay? We do. We love you. Love you. But we, we, don't, like, we don't accept your choices, okay? <laughs> so, kind of how it feels. The other day I was in a bar with, my, with my, some of my gay friends, and um, this beautiful woman walked in, this fat broad in a tracksuit, and I was like, oh... I feel something. Perhaps I'm on the wrong team here. Maybe Kinsey too. Maybe. You know, I saw this beautiful girl and I told my friends and they were like, oh, which girl? And they were like that. I was like that girl. And they were like that chubby, vaguely ethnic brunette. That girl looks like you. You're not, 
you're not gay, you're a narcissist. That's what's happening. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. I'm Freebird. Have a great night. Keep it going for Bree Pruitt. I don't think I've ever seen her before, and I will say, what a fucking treat. I always love seeing new comics that I love. I loved that. I only have one bone to pick with you, Bree, and that is that She-Hulk is a lawyer. So she can definitely keep her rage under control and use it to argue salient points. She was very good. Okay, we got two comics left, and I'm very stoked for you that the show's not over. Brie was amazing. What if it was time to go home? Fuck, what a, what a bummer, you know what I mean? Because you need more show. Am I right? Do you have in your hearts for two more comics? I thought so. This next comic, I mean, I don't know. I've known him for a dozen years. We started together in Chicago. He's an old friend of mine and a very funny person. Let's hear it right now for John Roy. Give it up. Ah, oh, good to be back. I love this room. I am sad uh, that Game of Thrones is over. Uh, and if I'm honest with myself, I'm mostly sad because it was the only show where people who look like me got to do cool stuff. <laughs> TV shows have always had bald, middle-aged, pudgy, gray, bearded, white men on them. But we've had a limited role selection that we were allowed to play. We could play Doctor Who Doubts House. <laughs> Your diagnosis of cobra venom is ludicrous, House. <laughs> we could play Reporter Who Won't Let the Cops Do Their Job. Something's fishy in this department, Bosh. But I'm gonna get to the bottom of it. But on Game of Thrones, we got to fuck witches. <laughs> Storm castles. And even when we got burned alive, I didn't feel bad when one of us got burned alive because, yeah, you know what? They lived a full life in a land full of magic. <laughs> and never once did they have to say, I'll see you in court, Mr. Axelrod. <laughs> I'm 45. I turned 45 a couple months ago and already involuntary changes in my behavior. Things I, I don't mean to act like this, but... I can't control. I got mad at a mannequin the other day. That's not productive. I was, I, I was in Macy's. There was a mannequin. It was trying to sell 80s clothes, but the clothes were wrong. And I lived through the 80s, so that made me mad that they weren't doing it right. But then I was mad at myself, because what does it matter that I knew the real 80s? The 80s don't matter. No one with a time machine is ever going to use it to go back to the 80s. They're not even going to be in the history books. It's just going to go JFK, Watergate, Drake. <laughs> but I was mad because the clothes on the mannequin, the, this is what the mannequin had. They, he had, uh, it was a male mannequin, or carved to be male. I don't know how that works. Uh, but it had Run DMC, Shell Top Adidas, a Don Johnson, Miami Vice blazer, and a Guns N' Roses shirt. And I was like, that's not the person. That no one ever No one ever put all three of those things on on the same day. Like maybe someone from the eighties had those three pieces, but they represented like a journey through different friend groups. Like that would be like if they were trying to sell like 2019 clothes 40 years from now, and the mannequin had Gucci loafers, a Kendrick Lamar shirt, and a MAGA hat. But actually, that actually is a guy. That's Kanye. <laughs> uh, I'm sick of, you know, hearing people my age start to shit on young people. That's how you know you're getting older, right? It's just, it's not the, I know I'm older, but I hear, and then I hear that's not the team I want to be on, you know? Like, oh, this new generation, the minute those words come out of your mouth, just die. This new generation. <laughs> Oh, my God. And these people my age, I've heard them say this. This new generation, they're not serious enough. What? They're 19. 
Of course they're not serious. When I was 19, I was sticking Jester skull stickers on my bong in an unironic 311 hat. But I've heard these people say this. They're not serious enough. This is the generation that's going to have to be prepared for climate change. They're not preparing for climate change. They're not even thinking about climate change. They're just sitting around playing Fortnite. And I was like, oh, Fortnite? Do you mean that game about the last survivors of humanity making hand-built forts while they scrounge for resources in their hometown and fight with sticks and clubs for the last remaining food source? while a hostile weather pattern slowly renders their town uninhabitable? I think they might be further along than you think. And I've been on Twitch. I don't think you're going to like their solutions. I feel bad for this generation because the boomers are still here to shit on them the way they shit on the last two. The boomers have now shit on three successive generations. They're still here to do it. How? They smoked their entire lives. How are they still here to dump garbage on another generation? Who knew what a powerful life-sustaining force arrogance was? That's all you need, just a little bit of that, a little bit of coffee, and maybe like a, an annual Don Henley concert to recharge your self-righteousness. And you can judge people till you're 90. And they didn't even like, just judge the generations under them. They ju- judged the ones up. They called the one immediately before them the silent generation. They're like, we've heard enough out of you. <laughs> They named all of us, and they haven't even named... This is what... They're, they're doing it wrong. This is what's even more mind-boggling. They want to be mad at these 19-year-olds, but they're screaming about millennials. It's like, millennials are 38. <laughs> are you mad at, at your doctor, Grandpa? Or, I don't know what you're mad at. They don't have a name yet, the, the 19, 20, 21-year-olds. Because you don't get a name. You don't get your dumb generational name until you go into the workforce, right? When you turn 22, you get an internship at Newsweek, and you did something that pissed off the editor, and the next day, the cover story is how young people hog the microwave. <laughs> they named us all, man. They named my generation Generation X. You know Why? Generation X was the name of Billy Idol's band. Billy Idol was 63. They couldn't even name us after someone our own age. They just had to think of a different boomer. Like, Billy Idol was just the youngest guy they could think of. I was like, I know what you're like. You're like that Billy Idol. You want more, more, more. At least name us, if you're going to name us after a musician, name us after a musician we actually liked. Right? That way it could be like, if Beto O'Rourke should win, he will be the first member of the Wu-Tang Clan to be elected. Like, all right. <laughs> I guess I just wish they would admit that it's not about any specific characteristics of a generation. First of all, what's this idea that generations have so much in common that you can just say they're all one thing? Right? Like, Queen Latifah and Ted Cruz are both 48. Like, <laughs> but I think she'd have more fun talking to Rihanna. Like, I don't see why we have... Like, and, and, and why not just admit it? Because the things they say about the new generation, they're like, oh, they're, they're lazy. They want praise. They, they're slackers. They play video games. Like, no, no, that's what you said about us. <laughs> you can't remix your old diss track. You got to come up with something new. Because it doesn't have anything to do with the characteristics of the generation. It's just what old people think of young people. Look at you. With your thick, dark hair and your functional genitals. <laughs> Hopping around on TikTok on your original hips. Bunch of narcissistic show-offs. That's what you are. When you do finally get a name, Generation Z is the placeholder. That won't stick. I think you're, all, you're probably going to end up being named... Generation Little Nas X. I think that's... 
it's the only one they know because of Billy Cyrus. And now it's like, well, it's sort of like X. We'll just call him Nas X. That's what they'll be. So, uh, you know, good luck, Generation Little Nas X. Uh, I'm uh, John Roy Comic on Twitter and Instagram. Good night. All right, I'm going to bring your final comic of the show out right in one second. Can we start with some applause to warm up the intro? Oh, we can make it even louder. Please welcome the stage. You can give it all you got because this is the final comic of the night. Let's hear for Tom Thacker. Give it up. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Keep it going for everybody you've seen. What a fun show, huh? It's a good time. I'm in a good mood. I was in a bad mood. I just came in from New York yesterday, and I'm still, like, shaking up. I needed a break from New York. A guy on the street yesterday called me a Big Bang Theory-looking motherfucker, so <laughs> figured I'd go to L.A. for a while, cool off, you know? Yeah. He didn't name a guy from the show. That's what hurt the most. Um... <laughs> It is good to be here, man. I'm, uh, I'm from Indiana originally. I had to go back recently. I heard the most Indiana thing I've ever heard in my life. I heard a man screaming at his four-year-old son in a gas station. He was yelling, if you don't quit shitting in your pants, I'm taking you back to your mom's house. And it was weird to hear the state motto, but it did bring a tear to my eye, I'll tell you. Indiana's pretty gross. Um, my, some of my family's trash. My cousin just got a tattoo on his balls. Yes! On his balls! Could you imagine? I could never do that, you know, because of job interviews. Awkward! <laughs> I'm worried that I'm becoming, like, like liberal elite over in New York or whatever, because now when I go back to Indiana, the people look like corn, you know? <laughs> You know what I mean? Don't the people in Indiana, they got corn faces, you know? It makes sense because corn's like our big thing. We eat it, we grow it. It's like our mascot in Indiana. And I got to say, I think corn's bad. I don't think we should be eating corn, you know? Because corn's like the only thing you eat that doesn't turn into shit. Why are we fine with that? Why is no one concerned at all, you know? Everything else you you eat turns into shit all the time. If you eat steak, it's like, okay, I'll turn into shit. Don't worry about me, pal, you know? And corn is like, nah, I'm going to stay corn. It's like, oh, okay, Jesus. You could eat like octopus, and it's like, I know my role. I'll be turning into shit like everything else does. And corn is like, I was born corn. I'm going to die corn. It just seems aggressive. I don't know. It's my corn bit. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Indiana's pretty dangerous. My family won't visit. New York at all because they're like it's too dangerous they've never come to see me and it's weird because Indiana is the most dangerous place I've ever been like when I was a kid our main form of entertainment was a trampoline that didn't have the guardrail things around Did anybody else grow up with those those are like little kid Vietnam you know <laughs> every kid hobbles away like oh we lost Jeremy and I'm different now yeah, look at my eyes no <laughs> My brother broke his leg on our trampoline immediately because he did that thing where he was like, I'm going to jump as high as I can on the new trampoline. And then he did. And then he started floating away from the trampoline. You know that moment where you see somebody suspended in the air and you're like, oh, shit, we're about to hear a new noise. That's going to be crazy. And then he hit the ground so hard we both knew he broke his leg, but I had to finish my turn. And then after that... Me and him both decided we couldn't call for help because we didn't want to lose the trampoline. We didn't want to get the trampoline in trouble. So he made me drag him in the house. And then when my mom got home, we told her that my uncle broke my brother's leg. Because <laughs> we were more willing to lose a family member than a bouncy tarp that takes hillbillies closer to the moon, you know? <laughs> it's very dangerous in Indiana. My family loves guns. When I was a kid, my family made me shoot a gun at the woods. 
And it's not what you're picturing. I'm not saying we're in the woods shooting at bottles, whatever you're thinking of. I'm saying we were standing outside of the woods shooting at the woods. And I don't know if you've ever shot a mystery bullet, but that's a little unnerving, you know? Just on and on it goes where it stops. Probably something bad happened, but because it's Indiana, it's like even if it hit a guy, he'd just be like, boom, that's the price of freedom, you know, like immediately. <laughs> just start saluting. I don't like guns, but I will say I don't want them to go to people's homes and take their guns away from them, you know, because then it would be harder for my stepdad to kill himself. And I don't need any extra hurdles. I don't want him trying pills. He'd fuck it up. He's dumb. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you guys like my stepdad? I didn't realize that was going to happen. I didn't know Team Brad showed up tonight, but I hate my stepdad. Don't you hate your stepdad? Always banging your mom all the time? That sucks. <laughs> I want to bang his mom, see how he likes it, you know? Give her the old stepson revenge. <laughs> Ever try that? <laughs> I bet she wouldn't like that. I bet he wouldn't. I bet I wouldn't either. She's 70 years old. Yeah, 70. A baker's 69. All right, people. Um, that's a dumb one. I, uh, I'll tell you this. My, uh, my grandma passed away recently. It was a real bummer. My grandma was very funny. She had a very dark sense of humor. She got extra dark and funny towards the end of her life because she got dementia, and she started calling everybody a bitch all the time. <laughs> very weird part of her personality, but it was fun. But it got awkward because she would talk all this shit about her old friends. She'd be like, yeah, Annie, she's a goddamn bitch. <laughs> Always flirting with everybody's husband, fucking bitch. <laughs> and we had to tell her because the dementia, we were like, Grandma, Annie died like seven years ago. And without missing a beat, she went, still a bitch. <laughs> this is a real quote from my grandma. She goes, a young bitch turns into an old bitch turns into a dead bitch. We were like, Jesus. <laughs> Tupac right that would have been listening to, Grandma. My grandma got me really into this show called My Cat from Hell. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's the best show. It's on Animal Planet. It's like the Dog Whisperer, but for cats. And the host's name is Jackson Galaxy, and he calls himself the Cat Daddy. I don't know what more you think you deserve out of entertainment, but it's pretty good. I got really into it, and it got me in trouble on Twitter, because I got super into it, and I was like, man, I bet they have the best Twitter account of all time with all these crazy cat people and Jackson Galaxy. I looked it up, and they didn't have a Twitter account. But now they do, because I made one. I made a Twitter account for my cat from hell, and I got like 15,000 followers over the course of one year, because for the entire year, I played it straight. Like All I would tweet was like, check out the show, Sundays at 9. What was your favorite meowment from tonight's episode? Like, for a whole year, I did that, like a psycho. And it was so believable that every time someone would interview Jackson Galaxy, they would tag my Twitter account. So I had people fully bought in. And then a year in, I got drunk, and I was like, let's burn this thing down. And so my first move was I tweeted out, hey, send in a picture of your cat, and I'll give it a rating from 1 to 10. And I got thousands of cat pictures. And I gave them all threes. And people were so mad. They were way madder than I thought they would be. They were like, fuck you, Jackson. I'm never watching this goddamn show again. I, was like, I just tweeted back like, hey, I'm sorry. Your cat's a butter tail. I don't know what you want from me. I'm not attracted to your little kitty cat, you pervert. But I spell pervert. P-U-R-R-P-R-T. That's going to do it for me. Thank you guys very much. You guys Up here admitting to a crime for your entertainment. I don't know if that's actually a crime. <laughs> Let's hear for everybody you saw tonight. Thank you so much for coming by. I'm Cameron Esposito. I will see you next week. Put your hands together. 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 Put your hands together, put your hands together, put your hands together, put your hands together, get ready to laugh with your hands together, put your hands together, get ready to cover your hands together, put your hands together.
this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.